Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Uh, I missed last week uploading because I was on oral antibiotics again for another lung infection. Uh, thankfully, I'm done them now. It's been two weeks on them. But whenever I go on antibiotics, I get so tired that I can barely do anything, let alone record. Um, but this week, I want to go into talk about something that happened to me in the past couple of years. Uh, it was probably the most scariest thing in my life. Uh, I thought I would even make it to the age of 20. Um, but this happened, kind of happened about October of 2018. Um, and kind of calmed down, ended uh, at the beginning of June of 2020. So it was a couple years of this happening um but really to jump right into it uh i had a flu just normal flu that everybody would get and it it was cf and having a very weak to no immune system i was sicker longer than most people would be and it just took a little bit like i had to go to the walk-in and nothing was really happening and then finally it did start to get a little bit better and then um this happened probably middle of september and then october 1st i went into surgery to get my portacaf put in and i was still slightly sick so i'm slightly sick going into the hospital to have a surgery done so when it after i woke up from the surgery everything took longer to heal and the flu came back and I just I felt like shit to the point where I had to drop out of college uh thankfully I was only taking one course um and quit my job uh and I worked at a job that I absolutely loved but I couldn't do it anymore I almost collapsed at work and everything slowly started to get better I was healing from the surgery. The flu kind of stopped. And then it was coming up to December. And just as a precaution, I did a two-week tune-up in the hospital to kind of kick the rest of this flu that had now turned into a virus infection in my lungs. And everything seemed good. I felt great. And then beginning of December, I think it was, um, I got to do my graduation trip that my mom had got me for graduation. I graduated back in May of 2018. So it was a long way to trip. Uh, and it was a trip to Mexico with my best friend. So we packed up and we went to Mexico and I did have other people there with me. My mom did come and her boyfriend at the time and my little sister and and my, my best friend and I just went off and did whatever we wanted to, uh, because we could. And it was all fun. Like, we were having a blast in Mexico. I felt great. We went swimming. We uh, did a bunch of other activities, like um, side by side and just things you do in Mexico. Relax, drink, <laughs> have fun. And then about our trip was a 10-day trip. And about the sixth day in, I woke up. And I could not breathe. I was, my back hurt like all hell. 
Like I couldn't even walk. It hurt so bad. I couldn't cough because it hurt so bad. And I was still doing everything. I was still doing my machines, my inhaled antibiotics, my pills. I was doing everything. And we just didn't know what was going on. So my best friend went and called my mom because she was a couple doors down from us. And she came over and she was trying to like massage the pain out of my back and help me do my machines because I couldn't even sit up. Um, and eventually it kind of calmed down just a little bit. Uh, to, but I still was unable to walk far distances. Um, and our resort that we were on, we were on the third floor, I believe. And it was all stairs. There was no elevators at all. Um, so thankfully, her boyfriend at the time, I'm a very light person. I'm only 5'3". Um, and at the time, I weighed probably about 95 pounds. So he was able to carry me downstairs. And then the resort was amazing enough to get me a wheelchair to get around uh, because the rest of the resort was just on like inclines. And so we just went on with her vacation. I couldn't do much, could barely swim. I would sit in the pool, uh, the shallow end just to cool down. Um, and I like stopped drinking. Like I was only drinking like water and like juice and stuff. I was avoiding any alcohol. Um, and we still managed to do other things, uh, you know, go around and stuff. It was still nice. But we managed to come back home, I believe December 16th was the day we came home. And our flight was at 4 a.m., which was not fun. Um, and I had to walk. I had to walk to the airport because if I showed any, like, that I couldn't get around, they might have not let me flown back. And we didn't have any uh, because of my CF. There was troubles getting medical um, for our travels. So I needed to get home. Um, so we walked it. I did have to stop a couple times, sit down and breathe, like just try to catch my breath. But I only got on a plane and, well, I live in Prince George. Uh, so thankfully we have a uh, Prince George to Mexico flight. Uh, so we didn't have to stop anywhere. Um, thankfully we got home, but I was sleeping. This is, I think it was a five hour flight. And I slept almost all of it. So as soon as we got on the plane, I used a blanket uh, on the uh, tray there and laid my head on my hands and I was out. Like, I just slept the entire way. Didn't eat anything. Like, didn't have to get up to a bathroom, nothing. Like, I just slept. And then about 30 minutes into landing, I woke up suddenly and I was sitting with my best friend and my sister. And then my mom was across from me. I had the aisle seat. She was across from me with her boyfriend so she could see me. And all of a sudden, I did one tiny little cough. And I am not kidding you. This is going to sound a little disgusting if you don't deal with this normally like every other CF person. I threw up. But it wasn't food or water or anything like that. It was mucus. Just pure mucus. And it wasn't even me dry heaving or anything like that. I opened my mouth and the mucus poured out like water. I didn't have to cough to try to get it out of my lungs. I didn't have to do anything. It just poured out. And thankfully, I had a throat bag that the flight attendant had given me. So I quickly opened it and got it in there. Um, and it was scary because I've never had mucus come out like that before. Ever. And my mom didn't know what to do. Like, we're like, oh my god, we just need to get landed. Thankfully, we got landed, we got out, we went through security and all that, and my boyfriend was actually there, and we just started dating October 1st, 
uh, the day I went in for surgery from a port cath We both woke up. He asked me to be his girlfriend. We were waiting until October 1st, much. And then he went to work and I went to surgery. So, um, but anyways, uh, he was there. And so my mom took my best friend home and I went with him because most of my stuff was with him already. And we went and stopped at um, McDonald's because I was hungry because I haven't eaten for how many hours. Um, and then uh, we went back to his parents' house at the time because uh, that's where he was staying. He had the basement there. And we just hung out, watched TV, ate. Um, everything seemed fine. I was just having a little bit, like, you know, coughing and stuff. And I don't know why I didn't go to emerge after what happened on the plane. I just kind of pushed it as being up in the air and, you know, salty air from Mexico and all sorts of stuff. And so we just went on with our day. And then we went to bed around 9 o'clock. And I was sleeping kind of elevated. Because whenever I'm sick, I do sleep elevated. So that's how I was sleeping. And all of a sudden, I woke up. And I could not breathe. I was gasping for air. And I thought, you know, I just, there's so much mucus that I needed to do machines to move it, to get it out of the way so I could breathe again. So I got up, and it was about 3.30 in the morning. But from still sleeping, I got up, and I did machines again. And it didn't help at all. And I was freaking out, going, oh my god, what's going on? And the gasping was getting so bad, my boyfriend actually heard me, and he got up. And it was about 4 a.m., and... Uh, it was just horrible uh, to the point where I grabbed my phone. I called my grandma uh, because she's kind of like my go-to person for the hospital. Um, just because my parents work and my siblings and stuff. And she answered, even though it was 4 a.m. And I said, I need you to meet me at the emergency. And she said, okay. And my boyfriend got up, helped me get dressed. And got me to his car and he drove me to emerge. When we got there, I'm gasping for air. The receptionist was really, really slow. Um, finally, they got me to emerge. And my grandma showed up, and we were trying to get figure out what was going on. And at the time, I'm pretty sure this was the first time my boyfriend had met my grandma. And the doctors came in, and they said what was happening was I was taking in oxygen, but I was not releasing it back out. So my body was slowly poisoning itself. Um, because my sodium levels were so low. And we don't know why, because I like, take sodium pills and everything else. And it was just weird. But my body was slowly poisoning itself, and I was slowly killing myself. Um, and thankfully, they managed to fix that, so I could actually breathe again. And they did some tests, and it turned out I had pneumonia. And I've never had pneumonia before. So they had me in a merge for about a day. My boyfriend stayed by my side, um, and my family came and visited and stuff, because this was before COVID, so it was still 2018, so everything was still pretty normal. And then they finally moved me up to a different floor, um, and because I just turned 18, I was now on the adult wards instead of pediatrics, which in my hospital, the only floor that knows about CF and how to deal with it is pediatrics. So what happened is they moved me up to pediatrics because they managed to get me a room there. Uh, and I was there for maybe two hours. And then a doctor or specialist or whatever came in and they were like, we need to move you to ICU. So they moved me to ICU and I was there for about uh, 
four days, I believe. And I remember at one point, I don't remember if it was before that or after. I think it was after. But I remember moving to ICU for about four days. And then finally they're like, we're able to, because this was the middle of winter. So they're like, it's clear enough that we can evacuate Vancouver, St. Paul's Hospital, so I could be with my CF team. And that's what we did. They managed to get me to Vancouver. I flew down with my dad. Um, and then my entire family was coming down to Vancouver with me. So he flew down with me, and I was put in hospital right away. I, they put me in ICU because they also decided to say it had something else. Uh, I can't quite remember what it was, uh, which ended up being false. But the one weird thing was when they put me into ICU in St. Paul's, when my dad saw what room I was in, he kind of just stopped and looked at it for a second because he realized they had put me in the room that my grandpa was in when he passed away, which was just kind of weird. Um, but anyways, I, after the whole ICU, I think I was in ICU for about two days, they moved me up to the normal floor I'd be on. And in that time of the two days of me, ICU and moving around, my mom had driven down with my sister and then my grandma drove down with I can't remember if she drove down or if she flew down, uh, but everybody else came down. And then my stepmom had actually driven down with my boyfriend uh, and everybody just came down to spend Christmas with me. And that's what we did. I spent uh, Christmas in the hospital and in the time I was in for about, I think it was six weeks. So uh, the first week, my boyfriend and my family stayed uh, with my aunt and uncle uh, in a house that was nearby. The hospital was the closest there. Most of my family, my mom and my sister stayed uh, with my mom's parents, um, just because my parents are separated. Um, and <laughs> about a week in, my boyfriend, we just started dating. Like He was just meeting my family, so it got a little awkward, so he decided to <laughs> stay in the hospital with me. But the room I was in was very, very small. So he was stuck on a recliner chair <clears throat> uh, for five weeks. Uh, my boyfriend's 6'3", so he did not have much room. Uh, to this day, I still can't believe he spent five weeks with me uh, in a hospital room. Uh, we were only dating for two months then. He... Uh, We've gone through a lot together. Um, and then, uh, and we went through a lot. And I mean, I had pneumonia. And then we also found out that I had a cavity in my left lung, um, which was also filled with mucus. So it wasn't healing at all. And we also found out I had a blood clot in my left lung. And of course, the pneumonia was in my left lung. So I felt like death, uh, and I wasn't sure if I was going to see, at the time, I wasn't sure if I was going to see the age of 19, um, but we got through it uh, after weeks of being in the hospital and getting a bronch done and just being exhausted. Um, 
But within that time, because my body was fighting so hard, I lost all my weight and I dropped to 80 pounds. Uh, I look like sticks and bones. Like it was just creepy. I, to me, myself, whenever I looked in the mirror, I thought I saw a little gremlin. Um, and then we were sent home finally, uh, back on evac. And I was sent back to my hospital because I had to spend a couple days in there for them to get home IV set up. Um, so we got there and they moved me to another ward. And one thing with CF is you cannot put us in a shared room. It has to be a private room uh, because it doesn't matter if the, what the other person has, we can catch things very, very easily. Um, and they put me on a floor that was really, really packed to the point where people were in beds in the hall. And they put me in a room that was shared. <clears throat> Keep in mind, like I said, the only floor that knew anything about CF was a pediatrics floor. So they put me in a room <clears throat> with an old man who I'm pretty sure was deaf. He could barely talk, couldn't move, and coughing nonstop. And I'm pretty sure he had something that I could have caught and potentially could have killed me even more. Uh, and that lasted a day because as soon as they put me in the room, even though I was on painkillers and was like pretty much high as all hell uh, and just wanting to sleep I called my grandma and I said you're not gonna like this you guys need to get down here and they got down there and my grandma walked in and she was not happy at all I was in a shared room and it wasn't even like a shared private room like the door was open and people that were in the halls stuck in the halls were using the bathroom in the room so they actually had to give me my own um and of course I was next to a window that didn't have blinds and people could see up in the room. I'm like, oh, great. So I think my grandma went in there, kind of lost her shit, uh, and managed to get me uh, a private room. And at one point she asked them, do you know anything about CF? And this nurse looked at my grandma and said, no, but I'll Google it. I swear to God, there was steam coming out of my grandma's ears. Um... That ended real quick, and they managed to find me a nurse that knew something about CF. Uh, not from the pediatrics ward, actually. And thankfully, finally, I was able to go on a home IV. And so it was just crazy. And that was only the first couple months of that. We came back to PG in uh, January. Um, sadly, my sister spent her birthday in the hospital again not with her being in the hospital me being in the hospital and it's not the first time she's had to spend her birthday uh down in vancouver in the hospital with me so she we finally got home and i had went and moved in with my grandma during this time uh, and my boyfriend was kind of staying with me but wasn't and it was kind of back and forth uh, so eventually we did agree to move downstairs so we moved into her finished basement um, and we started living together, and everything was going good. I was finally getting off 5e. I believe I just got off 5e about two weeks prior to, and during that time, my dad told me that my Rottweiler was passing away. Surprisingly, she didn't. She actually kicked for another six months, um, but during that time, both my boyfriend and I were like, well, you know what? Why don't we get a dog? Um, so after a little bit of convincing, my grandma agreed that we could get a dog, so we got this tiny little... American Eskimo Mini, um, and we named her Mango, and she is the most hyperest thing you'll ever meet. But about a week after having her, we got her exactly eight weeks old. My boyfriend came home from a night shift, 
and I was still sleeping at 7 a.m. He climbed into bed. He slept for about two hours, and then all of a sudden, I started feeling the bed shake really aggressively, and he was shaking really aggressively, and I turned around, and he was foaming at the mouth. He was having a seizure, a grand mal seizure next to me, and he never had a history of that, nothing. So I guess from watching so much TV or whatever, I knew to put him on his side, and I held him there. Mine, I was only 80 pounds. I was just getting over this huge sickness, and I held him sideways and called 911. And the paramedics showed up, and by then his seizure had stopped, um, and he was kind of coming to. It was quite scary. I still remember it to this day. It was about seven or eight minutes long, and he would look at me. He was grunting. He was trying to sit up, but he was not conscious at all. Um, he had bit the side of his cheek so badly that he was bleeding in the mouth um, and the side of his tongue. And emergency, the ambulance took him to the hospital. Um, I called his mom when this happened too. So I had a puppy who was nine weeks old that I couldn't just leave because nobody else was home. My grandma was at work. He went off to emerge. My best friend actually lived down the street at the time. So went to Mexico with me. So she came over, grabbed my dog and took her home. I hopped into his car because my car was having problems and drove to emerge. And when I got there, I ran into his dad. So his dad and I went over to emerge, uh, where we found him and his mother. And he had finally come to, didn't remember anything that happened. He felt really sick and nauseous. He just wanted to keep throwing up, but there's nothing in his stomach. And turned out he had a cyst in his brain that had ruptured. Um, and was leaking, and that just caused a type of seizure. He had no evidence of this happening at all. Um, there was nothing, apparently if something like that leaks from your brain, it will come out your ears or your nose or something like that, and it, there was nothing. Um, emergency people, were the, the people in Emerge were staring at his x-ray just like dumbfounded, like, oh my god, we've never seen this before. Uh, he was put in Emerge, and we sat there for five days, uh, hearing that we were supposed to get evac'd um, to Vancouver again, and I had just gotten back. So it was been like two months, and then we were already getting evac back. And it was quite funny because his mom hated flying. And um, so she wanted me to go down with him on the evac, but I couldn't because of how sick I was, and I was still slowly getting over it. So um, finally, he was evac down to Vancouver and we waited until they told us like an hour before he was getting on the plane. And so it was like 11 o'clock in the morning and I got a text from him saying, we're heading to the airport right now. I said, okay. I grabbed my bag that I already previously packed. His dad met me at my grandma's house, picked me up and we drove down to Vancouver and we met them there. And we sat in General Hospital, Vancouver General for two weeks waiting for him to go into surgery uh, to get this cyst removed. Um, thankfully, it was not cancerous. Uh, but during the time, uh, we were staying in a hotel room. So I tried to go to the hospital and visit him as much as possible. And I mean, I wore a mask and stuff, but there's only so much you can do. And I started, it was the day of his surgery, I believe. He went into surgery and I couldn't even get out of bed. And I wasn't going to the hospital anyways because I wasn't allowed to visit him because I wasn't like immediate family until after the surgery and after he kind of came to. So I didn't actually get to see him until about nine o'clock that night. 
and he went in at surgery at like 6.30 in the morning. But I started feeling horrible. Like, I slept all day. I had a fever. Um, I could breathe, but I was coughing. Um, and finally, we got the okay. He was only in hospital three days after surgery. We got ready to head home. And we were driving home because they wouldn't evacuate back because they wouldn't evacuate if you're going back into the hospital. And he wasn't. And we got about half an hour, 25 minutes out of town, like out of PG. So we were almost home. And I grabbed one of his throw-up bags that he hadn't used yet and coughed. And the mucus poured out like it did last time. And I looked at him, and keep in mind, he was still druggy as all hell. And he looked at me, we both went, shit. And we got home. I called my CF doctor. She got me antibiotic, oral antibiotics for that night. She's, and the next day, she said, I need you. It was about noon. She said, I need you to go to emerge. Um... And thankfully, Sheldon went to go stay with his mom, like his parents. So I was at home with my grandma, and my grandma drove me to emerge. And it was pneumonia again. Apparently, it never left. Uh, it seems like it just calmed down and then decided to hop lungs. So now it was in my right lung. There was no blood clot or cavity again, thank God, because I hated taking blood thinners. Um, but we managed to catch it. And I ended up in the hospital for another month. Um, but I got there. They had me in a merge. And then they, or sorry, they put me into ICU for a couple days. But it wasn't as bad, so they moved me up to an outward. And I had a doctor come in. And she seemed okay at the time. But she looked at me. Keep in mind, I was by myself because my grandma was at work. She... I was on painkillers, I was on oxygen, I wanted to sleep, like, I was not all there. And she looked at me and said, I want to put you on vancomycin. And I looked at her and I said, no the hell, you're not. She got mad and she's like, excuse me, like, why are you refusing my medical care? And I said, if you put me on that, I'm going to die. I'm extremely allergic to it. Um, it is the only med that I'm allergic to. And she didn't like my response at all. She stormed out of my room like a fucking five-year-old. Went to the other doctors that are on her team and said I was refusing her care and all this other shit. And it was about 5.30 at night. So I called my grandma and I said, I need you to get down here now. I don't know what to do. I'm having an anxiety attack. This doctor is just pissing me off. And she got there. And she went to them and she said, what is the problem? And this doctor told us I was refusing her care and all this other shit. And my grandma said, well, have you called her CF doctor? And she goes, well, we can't. Nobody's in clinic. And you can't get a hold of anybody. And my grandma said, well, you can always call the on-call. There's always somebody on. Uh, and they can tell you what to do. And she goes, well, my grandma's like, I can call them and get them on in 10 minutes. She goes, yeah, okay, you do that. And my grandma was pissed. She called, and she actually happened to be the on-call doctor that we thought was my CF doctor. And we have several CF doctors on our team, but I had one main one. Um, and she handed the phone to the doctors on speaker, and my doctor fucking ripped on them. Uh, just lost her shit on this doctor and saying, how dare you try to put her on a bed that could kill her. Uh, and 
that ended really quick. That doctor actually never came in to apologize to me at all. Another doctor on her team came in and apologized for her, which is absolutely pathetic. And to this day, when she still comes in, I just can't stand looking at her. Like, I can't stand talking to her or anything. Um, and then, yeah, they put me on more antibiotics. And I ended up being evac back down to Vancouver a couple days later. Um, after they had me on the FPOGs, they had to put me on back into ICU. Once they had me back in ICU, um, that's when we found out I was being evac again. This time, waiting took um, not as long. We found out uh, because it was summer, so or close to summer. So they managed to get me uh, evac down, and I ended up getting evac down with my dad. He came with me this time, and I got down there with him. And at the time, because it was summer, everybody was working, my whole family could come down at the same time. But they still managed to all come down. Um, my dad was with me for a couple days. Uh, and my stepmom drove down, I believe, uh, to kind of like take him back to BG. Because once he spent a couple days with me, then my mom came down. And they switched places and he went back to work. Uh, and had the kids with him and carry on with life. And she spent time with me. And then after she had to go back, um, she stayed a little bit longer. But my grandma also came. Uh, so I got to visit my other grandma and grandpa and my, aunt, my aunts. Uh, and this time Sheldon couldn't come down with me because he just got out of brain surgery. He had, he was healing. They cut his head for the surgery from one ear practically to the other, almost like a hairband. Um, so it was constantly texting him and stuff and asking how he's doing. He's asking how I'm doing. Um, and... My grandma came down and she spent most of the time with me. We were in for another month. And after all this happening, I was 80 pounds still, still sick. I was scared. And I remember looking at my grandma and asking her, what happens if I don't make it? Thankfully, I started getting better. Um... And we just, you know, tried to get better. I tried to work out, tried to gain weight, which seemed to just not be happening. Um, and it was just getting exhausting. And I wasn't sure if my body could keep fighting. Thankfully, by the end of the month, I started feeling a lot better. Uh, and... We managed to be able to go home after a month. And I was still on home IV for about another two weeks after that. And because we were in Vancouver for two weeks with Sheldon, and then I was practically back in Vancouver four days later, uh, my dog barely knew who I was. So training her was difficult when I got back. Thankfully, she was staying with my grandma, so my grandma was able to be there when I trained her. So that she'd actually listen to me. Um, and my boyfriend uh, took her when my grandma came down uh, with me. And then uh, I had my my dad and my stepmom were going to my grandma's house to feed my cat. Because I also have a cat that I've had since grade 10. 
So she was not moving houses with anybody. Um, so after coming home, everything seemed to be getting better. And finally I finished my home IV and I was off of it. And I had maybe like a week feeling fine, like pretty good. And then all of a sudden I just declined again and I was sick. And I was back on home IV. Like, and it was that or whole antibiotics nonstop for the entire year of 2019. Back and forth. Um, and I even spent a couple, I spent a month or whatever in, I believe I spent a week or two weeks in hospital in December of 2019. Um, and I got out right before Christmas and I was home IV for another two weeks. So I stole that bag. So at least I got to spend that Christmas in, at home, but I was still hooked up to meds. Uh, and then everything seemed to be getting better. And my boyfriend and I were planning on moving out by ourselves into an apartment that was getting built. And he was doing really good. And everything seemed to go fine. Uh, we did Christmas. I finished my home IVs. I had about a week of being good. Then I was back on home IVs. It was just back and forth with that. And finally, what day was it? July 1st, I believe. So constant home IVs. And finally I had like my week off and kind of thing. Um, and we got to move into our first place together. And it was all exciting because we had our dog, our cat. We had our own little place. We were on the fifth floor of these new apartment complex, which was the top floor. Uh, you know, two bedroom, two bathroom. And we were excited. Um, we had my entire family helped us move in. Um, and a friend of ours uh, that we both knew before we started dating, uh, he helped us move in too, which was great. And it was great also because my best friend was moving two floors down from us, practically right under us. Um, so I got to hang out with her more too, which we thought would happen, but eventually we actually realized that nothing has changed. And I was still back and forth with all my bees. And then about a month after we moved in, I got sick again. And it was back in the hospital. And then that's, I mean, it was back and forth, back in the hospital, on home IVs. And then that's when I was in hospital in December 2019. It was right after that, because we moved in July 2019. And we didn't last long there at all. Because uh, after I got out of the hospital in 2019, in December, I, my boyfriend and I agreed that we needed out of the apartments. Because by then, I was sick and tired of that place. And it wasn't. Like, there was elevators and stuff. Like, it wasn't, like, actual exhaustion. It was the way the property was run. So we um, ended our contract, and we moved out, and we moved into a townhouse. Uh, top floor. So, actually, it doesn't undress right now, renting. But uh, just a three-bedroom, one-bathroom up on the top floor. Uh, and we love it. We love this place. We've been here for a year now. And still on and off. It seems like every time I move into somewhere, I end up back in the hospital a month later, because that's what happened. Um, except for this time, it was, oh, I can't remember, March, I think. 
2020, and I ended up in the hospital again, and this time, uh, it wasn't as bad. Uh, uh, thankfully, it wasn't pneumonia. It was uh, a staph infection. And my doctor said, well, you should come back down here. And I said, okay. And this is before COVID was really a thing. This is when it was still kind of just getting out there. And so my dad came to pick me up, packed up my stuff, and we went back to Vancouver. And my boyfriend stayed here with her animals. And I was, uh, I was supposed to be in for a month in Vancouver. He came down with me. And then my boyfriend stayed here. And then my grandma came down. Or my mom came down, then my grandma came down. And we were in for about two weeks. And my doctors came in and they go. So we sent in an application uh, to see if you get approved for Trikafta. And you're approved. And my grandma and I both, like, they didn't talk to us really about it. They knew because in the past we talked about Trikafta. Um, but like, I mean, I kind of looked at each other, like, dumbfounded, like, oh, my God, wait, are you serious? And we didn't know how to respond. Uh, we just kind of stared at each other. And they're like, there is some more, like, paperwork and stuff they got to do. And you have to be in the hospital when you start it. Stuff like that. Uh, then they left. And we were just kind of like, holy shit. Like, are you serious? Like, I'm starting the miracle drug? Um, and it wasn't in Canada yet. I had to get special authority from the company for a text. And at the time, and I'm pretty sure it still is like that, they won't accept you unless you're under 40% lung capacity for your PFT. And I was at 27%. Uh, and... The lowest I was was 24% during this whole pneumonia thing. And we were just shocked. And then about a day later, after finding all that out, my doctor came in. She was, how are you feeling? And I said, well, we're getting there. I feel a little bit better. She said, oh, good. Do you think you're well enough to be on home IV? And I said, yes. Kind of questioning it. Like, why, why is she ready to like, send me home already? It's been two weeks. Usually it's a month in hospital and then like two weeks on home IV. And she goes, well, we want you out of the hospital now. And I'm sorry, what? She's like, we just got our first case in Vancouver of COVID-19 and we wish that you were not in the hospital when it's starting to get really bad. And it has nothing to do with the bed, like them needing bed for patients or anything. It, they didn't want me getting it. So they sent me home uh, that day Literally, they had the paper signed and everything. They said, you, go, you need to go home now. When you go home, you get your home IV, and you do not leave your house. So that's what happened. My grandma and I packed up her truck, and we drove home. And I still wasn't on Trikafta, and they were telling me the whole procedure of Trikafta. So I would have to be in the hospital down there for the first week or so while I started because of the purging and all that sort of stuff. And But COVID was getting so bad that they didn't want me down there. So we're pushing off starting Trikafta and I'm going, well, I really want to start it. I want to live. So after another thing of home IVs, um, and me being stuck at home and practically losing my mind and my only outing was either blood work or um, going to get my one IV antibiotic from I had to go to um, IV therapy uh, once a day. So that was my only outing. Uh, and I got the call and we were talking about it and they decided to approach the strike after starting a little differently than everybody else. Everybody else was just kind of starting it fully and just going along with the purge. And the purge was 
mucus pretty much coming out of every hole in your body. And so I started, they sent me it, and they only sent me a month at a time at first, now they sent me every three months. Um, but I started it, and I started with one dose in the morning. So just one tablet. And it was going good, and I had a little bit of purging, but because we started at such a low dose, it was working well. Uh, and then we went up to one dose in the morning, one dose at night. And the purging got a little bit more, because it like, calmed down and it started up again uh, from adding more dosage. And then it took about three weeks to get to full dose. And then once I was at full dose, which is two tablets in the morning and one at night, um, I started feeling amazing. Uh, and this happened, I started it June 1st of 2020. And within two months, I had gained back 10 pounds. Uh, now I'm at 105 pounds, which I've never been at my entire life. Uh, my PFTs had jumped from 27% to 54% in a month and a half. Um, I have been on oral antibiotics. Like I just said, I finished one last week. Um, and I have been on IV antibiotics. I was on IV antibiotics again uh, during Christmas. I got my, I finished home IV um, boxing day. So there has been some, but it has not been as bad as it used to be. Um, just a lot of things that happened and I'm finally healthy enough that I can do stuff, but there's still COVID. So I am stuck at home. I do manage to, you know, put on a mask, uh, and sneak out, go shopping every so often. Uh, but I, because of all this, I haven't been able to work. So uh, I was lucky enough that I could go during the time when it's not busy at all. Um, I had my life back. I got to actually have a summer. And I stayed out of the cabin. It was just amazing being out there and not being tired to the point where I was actually, I our cabin's on a hill and my trailer is up at the top. Uh, I got my trailer for Make-A-Wish. Um, and my dad was walking me up there one night just because it was really dark out. And, um, we didn't have, I didn't have a dog to walk me up with just because it is wildlife there. So he walked me up and I beat him up there. And he was huffing and puffing, and I wasn't, which was shocking. Um, my life has completely changed because of Trichafta. And I'm hoping it is approved to actually be made. And actually in Canada, like being able to actually, people can get it. Um, because it has been a life changer. And I know it just got approved for people under the age of 12. And I think it's 6 to 11 year olds now. Which is amazing because they can actually have a childhood. Um, but yeah, that's been my last two and a half years, I guess, three years. Uh, and I bet you I missed something in there, but uh, if I remember it, I'll bring it up in another podcast. Uh, so I guess thank you for listening. And if you have any questions at all, you can always message me on my Instagram, uh, which is at 65roses.warrior. Uh, the link is on uh, this podcast and it's on uh, every other thing that I'm on to. So thank you for listening and I'll see you guys next podcast.